Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. How are you guys? It's good to do that on Sunday morning, isn't it? Worship changes the way we see everything, doesn't it? Worship's like taking off in an airplane, you know? All the things on, in the world seem so big when you're down here. But when you start lifting off, I remember the first time I was a little five-year-old and I was on my first airplane ride, you know? And I had my face just pressed against the glass. And as we started lifting off, those, those big trucks and those big cars that were down there around the airplane, they started looking like toys. Yeah? And the buildings started getting smaller and the trees and these great big things that loomed over me here when I went up there, they looked so small. And that's what worship does, yeah? We, we go up and we sit on the lap of the one that Psalm 2 says laughs at the schemes of the enemy. The one who sits enthroned in heaven laughs at the plans of the enemy. And when we begin to rise in this place of adoring who he is and lifting our eyes above the storm and seeing this man named Jesus, this king and this lamb and this lion, we're like, whoa, my enemy is so small compared to how big you are, Papa. Yeah. So I want to just share two quick thoughts and then we're going to sing one more song to close this Sunday. And the thought I want to share with you guys. First, I'd like, I'd love to just share a dream that I had a couple years ago. You guys believe God speaks in dreams? Believe God speaks through the Bible? Then he definitely speaks through dreams because read the Bible. (laughs) And he gave me this dream one late Saturday night and Worship leaders have this really bad habit of going to bed way too late on Saturday night. It's like we know we're going to lead worship on Sunday morning. And we know that sound check is before God even wakes up, you know. And it's so early. And, but we still stay up way too late on Saturday night because it's Saturday night and we're musicians, you know. It's like when musicians have fun. And then you have to face reality on Sunday morning. And I stayed up too late. But God had mercy on my soul, and he gave me this amazing dream. And the dream actually woke me up. Our power had gone out, and my alarm clock was not going off. And I had this dream, and this dream actually woke me up so I could get to church on time to lead worship that morning. And in the dream, I walked into this space, and I knew that I was in heaven. And I looked up into the sky, and there was this massive tower building regal structure right before me you know how in dreams you just know things i knew that this was heaven's library and at the front of the structure was a great big desk and this massive powerful mighty angel sitting at the desk and have you ever had a deer in headlights where he's just frozen. Well, as soon as my eyes caught the headlights coming out of this angel's eyes, I was like a deer just poof. 
And he looked into me and he said, we've been waiting on you to come here. And then I woke up and I looked at my clock and I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to get the kids in the car and get to church because we're leading worship. And if any of you have kids, you know that like getting them in the car on Sunday morning is spiritual warfare. And normally you have to get saved again when you come to church because of the things that happen to prevent you from getting to church. And so I had, uh, after the whirlwind of getting the family in the car and picking up the band, we're on our way to church. And as Graham Cook says, we stopped at St. Arbuck's and had a cup of coffee. And when the caffeine hit my system, I suddenly remembered the dream. And I'm like, guys, I have to tell you this dream. I was in heaven and I saw an angel and there's a library and they're waiting on us. And they're like, whoa, man, that's, that's heavy. And um, so we, we get to church and we lead worship. And my friend, Matt Peterson, who's an amazing pastor of a church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, he gets up to speak. And these are the first words out of his mouth for his Sunday message. He says, when we get to heaven... We're going to go to a library there. Okay, he has my attention. <laughs> and we're going to find in that library that there's a book in that library with our name on the spine of the book. And our life is a story handwritten by the author, handwritten by him. And when we pick up that book, it's not going to start with, Jonathan Helser was born on September the 6th, 1978. It's going to start when God was dreaming over us before the creation of the world. It's going to start when he looked into Adam's eyes and he saw all of us twinkling in Adam's eyes. It's going to follow this course of Noah on a boat with a bunch of animals, but there just weren't animals on the boat. We were in Noah, right? And from all the wars and all the famines and all the plagues and all the things that have tried to take you out, have tried to end your story, the author has been writing a story. And the very reality that we're all sitting in the room right now is proof he is the master storyteller, yeah. And I don't know about you guys sometimes, but the great temptation is to question the author. And you come to these chapters in your life where you're like, God, how are you going to pull this one off? Yeah? You guys ever been in one of those chapters? And some of your fa- my favorite books to read are the ones that the author brings you right to the brink. And you're like, how is he going to pull this off? You know, and you're, you're looking and there's only two chapters left. How is he going to wrap all this up in two chapters? Yeah? You guys ever read a book like that? And then suddenly, it all comes together. So here, I want to read this word of hope over us this morning. This is Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 12, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. All right, verse 2. Let us fix our eyes 
on Jesus, the author. He's a good author, right? God doesn't do anything that's not good. And everything he does good, it gets gooder and gooder and gooder. He is a good author. Let us fix our eyes. Our eyes get fixed when we fix our eyes on Jesus, right? Our vision gets fixed when we fix our eyes on the one who with a whisper can cause storms to bow down and surrender. So let us fix our eyes on the author and the perfecter, the completer, the one who brought our faith to a glorious conclusion. Let us fix our eyes on him. Who for the joy set before him. Say this with me this morning. I am the joy set before him. I am the joy set before him. Who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross because he saw us. He scorned its shame and then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That you will not lose heart. Everybody put your hand on your heart. Say, heart, I'm not going to lose you. Jesus said, boys, oh, you don't have to say this with me. (laughs) He said, boys, don't lose heart. In this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Jesus knew this moment and our story was going to come. And he said, don't lose heart. The battle is right here, guys. The battle is right here in our hearts. And the enemy does everything he can to feed us a suspicion that God is not good. And the victory in the battle is to stand up on the battlefield and say, my father is good and I will not lose heart. He has a story that he's written over my life and he's written over Vine Life Church before the creation of the world. And he will bring it to a glorious conclusion for he who began a good work in me will complete it. Yeah, he's a good author. So. If you got a Bible. Turn to second Kings. Verse Six. No, chapter six. Chapter six, verse 15. This is the story of the prophet Elijah and his servant. And just to set the scene, Elijah has been hearing all the secrets that his enemies have been even whispering in their chambers and getting their battle plans and then telling Israel. And... The enemy is so frustrated at this point. He sends an entire army to kill the old prophet. So this is chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. 
When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, he looked and an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh my Lord. <laughs> I love how the Bible says stuff sometimes. Oh my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. He runs to his master. They've come to kill you and they're surely going to kill me. What shall we do? And Elijah the prophet has found this place in the heart of God where he's completely lost his ability to be afraid. Because he sees the father's reality. And he, it's like he's riding in first class constantly looking out the window. He's received his upgrade and he's looked out the window and he sees another reality that the servant doesn't see. Listen to what he says. He says back to his servant, don't be afraid. Don't lose heart. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Yeah, I declare that over this house. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, O Lord, open my servant's eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw that the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. We, we landed in Denver on Thursday, and uh, our guitar player back here, Jake, he just got engaged like three weeks ago to this beautiful, beautiful young lady named Justina, and Justina came on the trip, and our drummer, Joel, brought his girlfriend along, Caitlin, and um, Chris, the bass player, brought his wife along. I found out that these guys play better when their girlfriends and wives are here, so uh, it's good to bring them. But two of the girls have never been to Colorado before, right? So we land in Denver. And I don't know if you guys remember Thursday, but it was like this, this city was in a cloud, right? And when we, you know, we had told them about the church. We had told them about, this is like the coolest church on earth. They got windows in the church that look out over these massive mountains. In North Carolina, we have hills, but you guys have mountains. And... So us southern folk were excited to see mountains with snow on them. And so they were pulling in, but all you can see is clouds, right? They look out and all they can see is just haze. And I'm like, girls, I promise that you will look out this window at some point this week and you will see mountains bigger than you've ever seen in your whole life. Sometimes it's hard to see what God's doing through the clouds, yeah? And we've seen the mountains, but the clouds come and we so quickly forget that they're there. And this moment, Elijah lays his hands on the servant and the clouds are instantly blown away. The blinders are lifted off the windows and he looks and he sees an army bigger than he's ever imagined in his whole life. And I think the servant did what David said God does in Psalm 2. Him and Elijah just sat back and laughed with God. 
Imagine the sound of God's laughter. Just, just try to imagine that, you know? Just imagine as hard as you can. You ready? One, two, three. That's kind of hard to do, yeah? It's like, think of a color you've never seen before. God's laughter. And Elijah and his servant join in the joy of a father who uses his enemy as his footstool. Father, would you touch our eyes like that to see the way that you see? I see a mountain, but you see a miracle. I see a wasteland, but you see a garden. I see dry bones, but you see an army. I see impossible, but God sees everything. Yeah, well, you guys put the the, uh, lyrics. This song's called You See. We're not going to play it with the band. I'm just going to just want to speak these words over the house. Yeah, okay, go to the next one. I see water. You see the wine. I see the broken. But you see your body. I see my enemy, you see your footstool. That's good news, yeah? You can go to verse 3. The next, yeah, I see my sins, but you see your blood. I see a baby, you see a savior. I see my failure. But you see redemption. And I see a beggar. You see a son. You are the I am. But I've been so blind all this time. My God, touch me. I want to see the way that you see. Let's all pray that to the Father. You are, I am, but I've been so blind all this time. My God, touch me. I want to see the way you see. Yeah. Fun little backstory on this song. Um, I really miss Ray Hughes being here this weekend, don't you guys? He's one of my favorite people on planet Earth. And I love Ray so much. But um, it's an honor to be able to speak in his place. And I wrote this song about, you know, you're getting old when it gets into double digits. I'm going to say 10 years ago I wrote this song. 10 to 12 years ago. Oh, my goodness. And I wrote this song after I was listening to a message by Ray Hughes called The Spirit of the Pioneers. And uh, if Ray was going to be here this morning, I wanted just to dedicate this song to him to let him know I wrote the song. 
But in the message, he started speaking about the pioneers who came across these very plains when they saw the mountains and they saw this wild wasteland of untouched territory. People thought they were crazy, right? Loading up wagons and leaving safety and comfort behind. But they didn't see a wasteland. They saw gardens. They didn't see mountains. They saw miracles waiting. And after I heard Ray share this message, just a beautiful fire got in my heart. And I stumbled into writing this song. And ten years later, this song is still an anchor for my heart. Because we so quickly forget when the clouds come, right? We so quickly forget when the clouds come. With just a breath of his mouth. And he blows our enemies away like smoke. And we see again who he really is. The one who holds the mountains wrote our names on the palms of his hand. And we are his beloved. So rest. In the middle of this storm, may we rest with him. Amen.